0: you're listening to the Mount Pleasant Podcast. To learn more about our church, visit us online at www.mpbc.church. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Turning your Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I, too, want to wish all the mothers a wonderful, happy Mother's Day. We love and appreciate you so very much. And as... Uh, Pastor Dell just shared in, in the prayer, um, we know that this is not an easy day um, as we think of our moms and those that have gone on to be with the Lord for some and uh, their, their memory and the love we have for them will never be forgotten. Indeed mamas, you are amazing and you are wonderful and uh, quite honestly without you we wouldn't be here. So we are grateful for you. I love Psalm 127 verse 3 the Bible says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. And mamas know that. Mamas know that children are a reward from the Lord. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about rewards. We're going to see the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ rewards those who serve Him And we'll see that very clearly today as we return to our study in 1 Corinthians. This again is a study about a life worth living. And I will tell you church family, a life worth living ends with an eternity in heaven where we will receive rewards for what we've done on this earth. Now as we begin to look at this passage in 1 Corinthians 3, let me kind of bring you back up to speed as to What's happened and where we are. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and the church members there are divided. They had begun to fracture into cliques, factions, little groups, and they've begun to identify themselves with those whom they follow, and it's a mess. Remember, some were following Paul, they said. Some others followed Apollos. Some followed Peter. They were fractured. They were disjointed. They were disunified. And Paul said, church, this is breaking the heart of Jesus. And the apostle points out the fact that the church should be one, just as Jesus and the Father are one. That's what Jesus desires, is that we be one. So we pick up now in verse 5, and we're going to read through verse number 17. Our text today is, our, is verses 10 through 17, but to get a run and go, we've got to pick up in verse 5. So you've made your way there. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. And so Paul begins to ask this question. He's identifying these little fract- these factions now, these, these, these fractures in the church. He says, what then is Apollos? He said, what is Paul. He said, we're servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. He said, I planted, Apollos watered. He's talking about this process. One plants, one waters. But God gave the growth. So who, who gets the credit? God. So neither he who plants nor he who, wa- who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. And this is where he begins to speak of this labor, wages, paycheck, so forth. That's a reward for working. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. And now he's going to literally build on this. Watch this, verse ten. This is our text for today. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master. Builder, builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. Verse 11, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, see that, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest or be made known for the day. See the Capital D, that's speaking of the Day of Judgment, will disclose it. By the way, whenever you see that capital D-A-Y in the New Testament that's speaking of the Judgment. He said because that day will disclose it, it will be revealed by fire. Notice that. And the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If the work that anyone is built on, verse 14, survives, on that foundation, great. He will receive a reward. Verse 15, but if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss though he himself will be saved but only as through fire. Verse 16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Some 34 years ago, next month actually, I received a great reward. I graduated from high school. You say, wait a minute, next month, didn't you graduate in May? No, back then we went all the way to June. I graduated in June of 1986, almost 34 years ago. I received my diploma from West Wilkes High School, Millers Creek, North Carolina. You know, that diploma represented the culmination of four years of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, believe me. And I was so excited. I was so thankful and grateful. That diploma was a great reward for the work that had been done. You know, I'll be honest with you this morning, remembering that day kind of grieves me for this year's graduates. It seems so unfair for them not to have the opportunity to graduate, whether it be, I mean anything from middle school to high school and high school, of course, uh, college graduates. Not to be able to graduate in that traditional fashion of walking across the stage publicly and getting a diploma, a public ceremony. It is what it is, isn't it? I guess this year's class, the class of 2020, will be known as the 2020 virus class. And who knows, 34 years from now, you'll probably have some sort of celebrity status because there will have been no other class quite like yours. I'm grateful for what the schools have done, particularly the high schools, to try to acknowledge uh, the seniors putting uh, the yard signs in those kids' yards, I think that's great. It's a little bit tougher for the college kids, but I appreciate the fact that folks are trying. And we want to do the same thing here. So it was mentioned in the video that, uh, that Alan did for us and Justin, but I want to mention it to you again. We want to recognize our graduates here at Mount Pleasant. So if you have a graduate, would you please let us know? Would you just send us their name, the school they're graduating from, high school, college, whatever the case might be, and we want to recognize them on all of our social media pages on Sunday, May the 31st. We want to acknowledge their hard work and to celebrate with them all that they've accomplished in graduating. They've earned it and we want to reward them by acknowledging their accomplishments. Rewards. You know we're all motivated by rewards and even in the Christian life there are rewards to following Jesus. And one day we're going to graduate from this life to heaven and eventually we will be rewarded for what we've done here on earth. And that was Paul's point to the Corinthian church. Paul was saying to that church, guys, you've got to get your eyes off of your little cliques, your little groups, your leaders, your favorites, and you've got to look to the reward of heaven. And you've got to look to Jesus. And remember that those rewards are all predicated on what we do here for Him. And Paul uses an analogy of building a house, being a master builder, to describe this process. So watch it again. Look at verse 10 again, 1 Corinthians 3.10. Watch this. Paul says, "...according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it." Now I want you to look at your screen, the screen you're looking at, and I want you to tell me what is this? That's a foundation, right? looks like it's just been poured. That's at some sort of construction job site. A a building of some kind will looks like soon be erected there once that foundation cures. Of course the foundation comes first. And that's the Apostle Paul's point. See the Apostle Paul had established the church in Corinth. He laid the foundation some six years earlier from the time of him writing this letter. The Apostle Paul is in Ephesus when he writes this letter. He's been gone for about four and a half years. After he left a man named Apollos came and he helped lead the church. And then it appears at some point the Apostle Peter comes for a period of time. And he was at the church. And so Paul says, I laid the foundation and others are building on it. You know the same is true here at Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant Baptist Church was established in 1875. And I've had the privilege as one of its pastors for the past 15 years now to come along and help build upon the foundation that was laid in 1875 and it's been a blessing. Others will come after me. And you see church the same is true for each of us as individuals. You see we're all building a building. We're building our lives. And the question is what is going to be our foundation? Listen, Scripture is clear. Our ultimate foundation is to be Jesus Christ. And we are to build upon Him. And what we build with one day is going to be tested to see if it has any value. Watch this in verse 11. You still got it? 1 Corinthians 3.11, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now listen carefully, church. For the follower of Christ, Jesus is the cornerstone. He holds everything together that 's what a cornerstone does. Take a look at this cornerstone. Can, can you tell the date? Can you see the date there? When was that cornerstone laid? Can you see it nineteen nineteen When did you get saved? When did you call on Jesus to save you? When did you just surrender your life to him that season that date Some can remember the date they were saved others can 't I was saved on a date that I can't remember. I just know when it was. It's not so important that you can remember the exact day, but there is a cornerstone. God knows when that was. You see, up to this point in this letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, let's be blunt, he's been reprimanding them. He says, guys, y'all are still on the milk. He said, you're acting so immature he said, he said, you're not acting with any material. I can't even give you any meat. And he's told them to stop looking at things through the lenses of the world and to instead allow the Holy Spirit to guide their lives there to live in spirit and truth. And in order for them to do that, they've got to get their eyes back on Jesus and not men. They've taken their eyes off Christ and now they're arguing about who the better leader is. Is it Paul or Apollos or Peter? And they've separated into these factions, these little groups these little cliques. And Paul is busting them for it. And Paul says if you continue to do this kind of stuff, he said this is self-serving and he said that kind of stuff's going to burn one day. I want to show you that there are two piles of building materials actually listed in verse 12. Watch, see if you can pick out the two piles. You ready? Here we go, verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. You said, "Well, there's six things there." There there are, but they're they're actually categorized into two piles. Let me show it to you this way by the the way of this picture. Two piles. Paul tells us that the piles are going to be burned. Now if you burn gold, silver, and precious stone, they'll make it through the fire. It might change their chemical uh, composition in that they melt. But what about wood, hay, and straw? Uh, Well that, it's gone, right? You and I get to choose from which pile we build from. You know, that one pile of gold, silver, and precious stone, how do you get gold, silver, and precious stones? I mean, are they easily found? Fa- is it easy to find gold? What do you have to do? Dig it up. The same thing with silver, the same thing with precious stones. You've got to dig up the diamonds. They can't just be found anywhere. You know, it takes effort to get to those building materials of that first pile, but it takes no effort at all to find the material for that second pile. Wood, hay, straw. Doesn't take much to find that. And one day it's going to be set on fire. And that's going to be at the judgment. That's verse 13. See it? Watch it now. Each one's work Will become manifest. He's talking to the Christian now. He said, It'll be shown for the day. Remember, what does that mean? Capital D, what does that mean? That's judgment will disclose it because it will be revealed by what? Fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Church, I've said this a million times. Well, maybe that's an overstatement, but I've said it a lot. Jesus actually cares what we do. He cares how we live. He cares about what we build with. Yes, you and I can build a house made of wood and hay and straw. And we might think that's good enough, but it's not. Because one day Jesus will put a match to it it'll burn to the ground. You may be wondering, well, Pastor Kevin, what exactly is wood, hay, and straw? What, what, what does that mean? Well, it's pretty simple. Are you listening? It's the stuff of this world. It's the stuff that won't matter and won't transfer into eternity. It's stuff like cars, houses, trinkets, gadgets, jewelry, clothes, material possessions, stuff And we'll leave every bit of it. Naked we came into this world and naked we will leave it. We were singing the song Graves in the Gardens and I I hadn't even seen the line until I went and grabbed a pencil back here in the back and wrote it right here in my notes. One of the lines in that song, treasures that fade are never enough. You say, "Well, Pastor, what, 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 what's the gold? What's the silver? What's the precious stone?" Well, that's pretty simple too. That's what we do for Jesus, and that's what will last into eternity. It's the whole "seek first the kingdom of God" thing. You, you understand that? Matthew six thirty-three. It's what we do for Jesus. That's what will survive into eternity. The rest will burn. Do you see what, what Paul is doing here? Do you see how the Spirit of God who has inspired him here is, 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 is pushing him to speak to this church? He's prefaced all of these remarks about rewards in describing to them they've got to stop these divisions. And these factions and these little cliques. In other words, it was like if we put it in in our layman's terms today, he was saying, guys, these little cliques that you're running in, that's wood, that's hay, that's straw, that's of the flesh. That's natural man stuff. And it's creating division. And it's all going to burn one day. And it doesn't please Jesus. But for those who choose to bring unity... Jesus said blessed are the peacemakers. Well that's of the Spirit. And that's what will last. That will bring rewards. That's verse 14. Watch it now. If the work, see it? If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives he will receive what? A reward. So I'll ask this. Is what you're building with today going to last? What are you focusing on right now? Is he going to make it through the fire one day when Jesus puts a match to it? Are you building your life on Jesus and his kingdom? I get it, church. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to make eternal decisions living in a pleasure-driven world, isn't it? We're constantly fighting against our flesh, aren't we? But you know, church family, we've been stopped dead in our tracks, haven't we? This whole virus thing, (sighs) it's paralyzed everything. It's kind of like getting a cramp in your leg at night. Has that happened to you lately? You wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, oh, that's all you can think about. You're not thinking about paying the bills. You're not thinking about what you're gonna have for breakfast. All you can think about is, oh, you know what I'm talking about, and that's exactly what this virus has done. It's paralyzed. Everything's stopped. You know eventually that cramp wears out, doesn't it? You try to reach down, I'm too old to even do this, but you try to reach down and grab your toes and pull you, I can't even do that anymore. One day the cramp will be gone. You know God has allowed this virus to stop us and make us look at our lives. And I believe he's asking us even right now for us to question what's really important in life. Are you listening? Have you have you have you dawdled off? Have you gone to the kitchen? Are you in the refrigerator? Hey, come back. This is the important part of the message. Hello! Hey, hey, listen. Get focused. Don't let this pass. What's really important in this life? what's driving your life where are you, what teenager where are you finding purpose and meaning i know you prayed a prayer when you were 10 years old and you're 16 now what did that prayer mean huh are you still are, are you it, it's not about what you find in the world those are the trinkets the the stuff on instagram and all that look at all that flip page to it flip through it but don't get lost in it So true for all of us today. What's really important? Be honest. Where's your heart? Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your what will be also? Heart. It's all about the heart. Where is your treasure? Can I ask you another question? How often do you think about heaven? You know, we don't talk about heaven much anymore. I was listening the other day to an old uh, black uh, spiritual. Uh, what they used to call uh, a black spiritual song, and, and and I was listening to a a man sing "Amazing Grace," a black man, and in the way that he sang it, and he was and the way he was singing it, he was singing it, and, and he said he could only imagine maybe some of the some of his uh, ancestors being on the boats from Africa, and they were singing "Amazing Grace." How sweet the sound. What did they have to look forward to? You know what we do in our life right now? We don't think much about heaven. Most of what we sing about and what we think about is all about here and it's all about now because we're trying to make this heaven. And we keep looking for the next fun event. And we wonder why we have so little joy in our lives so little peace. We're not building on a foundation of Christ. I asked you last week, are you spending any more time with Jesus than when this thing started? You know, and we hear that and the Holy Spirit pricks your heart and you go, yeah, I need to do that. Did you? Did you? See, look, look, it'll get past us. what's really important so often I believe Christians instead of building the kingdom of God are building the kingdom of me make me happy instead of us looking at God and saying I want to make you happy not my will but yours be done that's what it means to build with gold and silver and precious stones so much of our lives are built around trying to keep up with everybody else particularly those people called the Joneses I don't know exactly why but how are you building You say, this is kind of an awkward silence. You don't usually slow down this much. I want you to think about it. I've been trying to think about it in my own life. Let us be the ones who Jesus praises for denying themselves and taking up their crosses and following Him. He tells us that He's going to reward us. But it's not going to be all hunky-dory down here. There are people who have lived through the millennia who have lived such difficult lives and I whine and complain about this season of time. And people that have had their heads lopped off as the Apostle Paul would in Rome. Just how much are we gonna have as we stand before Jesus one day that's not going to burn. So you're trying to lay a guilt trip on me. No I'm not. I promise you I'm not. I'm just taking this passage of Scripture and I'm asking you and I'm asking myself am I building for the kingdom of Jesus or the kingdom of me? The kingdom of Jesus at last. The kingdom of me burns. It's that simple. I want to show this to you. Turn to Revelation 22. You say, where is that? It is the last page of your Bible right before the weights and measures. Got it, go. Revelation 22. We are at the end, folks. This is the end of Scripture. These words we're gonna read are some of the last words that Jesus ever spoke that's recorded in Scripture. Have You got it? Revelation 22, go down to verse 12. Watch it. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my fancy word, recompense. You can write reward there. I'm bringing my reward with me to each one for what he has, what's the word, done. It's 1031. What does that mean? It's time to pray. Father in heaven, We've been trying to pray it away, and I believe that we're continuing to see You move us into an, uh, a place to where we as a nation can recover. I'm thankful for that. Father, I pray again for our, our frontline workers, our doctors, our nurses, um, all of those that are working, Lord. Uh, the health department workers that are working so hard to try to keep us safe. Lord, I, th- I thank You for our, our, our policemen and women, firemen and women, all of those, Lord, who, who continue to uh, protect us and care for us. Lord, I pray for our leaders, give them spiritual wisdom, Father, supernatural wisdom. Lord, I, I, I pray that you will not give us, a, help us to not live in a spirit of fear. You've not given us that spirit, but a, a spirit, Lord, that leads us, Lord, to certainty in you of love and a sound mind. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in the days ahead. In your name we pray. Amen. Jesus said, I'm coming back. You know, that could be any time, any moment. It could be this afternoon. How cool would that be? Jesus says, I'm coming back and I'm, and I'm bringing with me rewards. W- watch this. Tell, tell me what this is. C- can you make this out on your screen? Some people don't even have a clue what that is. That's actually a paycheck. Now we used to get paychecks when we worked and now it's all pretty much direct deposit. So now we, we kind of like it when it pops up on our bank app, right? You like getting a paycheck? Hey, would you work your current job for nothing? Most wouldn't. We like to be rewarded for work that's done. Jesus gets that. That's that's literally part of who He is. That we are going to be rewarded for what we've done. Now that word recompense or reward in some translations is this Greek word. I want you to see this Greek word. The Greek word is misthos. M-I-S-T-H-O-S, and it means dues paid for work, wages, or higher. Second definition, it's a reward, and it speaks of a fruit naturally resulting from toils and endeavors. You plant an apple tree, eventually you expect to get fruit from it. So let me ask you again. I asked you a moment ago, are you working for the kingdom and kingdom rewards, or are you working for stuff that's going to burn? You know, there's this idea that when we get to heaven, that it's all going to be the same for everybody. You've been taught that? That's not biblical. Did you know that? Jesus said that he's going to give rewards to people for what they've done. Don't you think there are some Christians that have done more in their lives than other Christians have? Think about Billy Graham, right? Think about the Apostle Paul right? Do you actually believe that it's all going to be equal in Heaven? That we're all going to get the same rewards? You say, well Pastor Kevin, but aren't you diminishing the fact that Jesus is reward enough? No, I'm not diminishing that at all. And you're right. Heaven is reward enough because of who who Jesus is. I get that. But Jesus Jesus said in Revelation 22 that His misthos, His reward is with Him. And He's going to reward us for what He's done. So we can't miss that. Let me see if I can give a little bit more detail on this. And we can do it by the way of the life of Jesus and what He taught. You know Jesus talked about rewards all the time. Remember when He started His ministry and He taught the Sermon on the Mount? Do you remember from the Sermon on the Mount? We'll put it on your screen for you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, Jesus said this. Remember this? He said, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Now watch verse 12. This is the one I want you to see. Rejoice and be glad for your what? Misthos, your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You're going to be rewarded when people mistreat you and persecute you. Jesus spoke of a time I remember when uh, Peter was complaining to him, to Jesus about how they had left everything and he was whining about that. You remember that? That comes from Mark. Mark chapter 10. See it on your screen. Jesus said to Peter, He said, "...Truly I say to you, there is no one, Peter, who has left house or brothers or sister or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time." He's saying there's rewards even now for following Him. He said houses, and brothers, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands with persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. Jesus offers rewards now and in the age to come. Remember when Jesus was teaching the parable of the talents? You remember the parable of the talents? That's in Matthew 25. Jesus described the the reward for each servant who invested what the Master had given to them prior to his departure. Remember the Master had given them these talents and in this case this was was a a monetary unit of of money. And what did the one guy do that had the one? Remember what he did? He buried it, right? He gave a guy two and what'd he do? He doubled it made four. Then he gave a guy five and what'd he do? He doubled it and made ten. You remember that? And who was the master? Of course Jesus was speaking of Himself. The master who leaves right? And one day he's going to return. We just saw that in Revelation 22. Jesus said, behold, I'm coming. He's coming back. The question is, what will we have done with the talent? Verse 25, Matthew 25 verse 19. See this play out. Jesus says, now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Verse 20, Jesus said, and he who had received the five talents came forward. This is the guy with the five. He brought forth the five talents, and he said, Master, you delivered to me five talents here. I've made five more. His master said to him, verse 21, and these are the words we all want to hear. Well done, good, and what? Faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, and I will set you over Much. Enter into the joy of your master. Folks, it doesn't get any better than that. In another parable in Luke 19, Jesus said to the faithful servant these words Luke 19, verse 17, and he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in a very little, you shall have authority over what? Ten cities. Church, listen, you see these teachings, these parables of Jesus describe what the eternal kingdom of heaven is going to be like. We are going to be rewarded, set over much, even be given authority to reign in heaven. Yes, there are positions of authority that will be awarded in heaven. There are positions of punishment in hell You remember that? You say, how do you get that? Because Jesus said it will be better on the day of judgment for those who lived in Sodom and Gomorrah in the Old Testament before Jesus came than those who live in Tyre and Sidon. For those who live in Chorazin and Bethsaida. Because Jesus walked through those cities and did miracles in those cities, Tyre, Sidon, Chorazin, Bethsaida. See there's, there's levels of punishment in hell. And there's levels and positions of authority in Heaven. Why? Because Jesus is fair and He rewards those. Rewards us for the works that we've done. Listen, our works to get us to salvation are filthy rags. Our works won't save us. But after we get saved, it's our works that actually points others to the Lord Jesus and to God the Father whom we give glory, as Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. Go back to verse 14 in your Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 14. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Church, you know what's sad? I believe there are some Christians that are going to get to Heaven, and they're going to stand before Jesus, and He's going to light it! And it's all going to burn up! Ah, ah, They still get Heaven as through the fire. But there's nothing to offer to Jesus. Because they've lived their their entire life for themselves. To live like this church is a tragedy. You say, how could that happen? I'll tell you how it happens. It happens because we don't pursue Jesus. That's how it happens. We're not seeking first the kingdom of God. We're seeking everything else. Oh, we say we're seeking the kingdom of God, but He's not first. He's somewhere down the line after we have all of our little pleasures. We're to pursue Him. That's verse 16. He says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Did you catch that? God's temple is holy and we are that temple. God wants us to be holy. He wants us to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Do we? See If you and I hunger and thirst for righteousness then we're actually seeking out gold, silver, and precious stones. But if we don't seek and thirst for righteousness then we're building with wood, hay, and stubble. You know in the Old Testament if you wanted to worship God you had to go to the temple, right? You had to bring an animal to a priest who would go on your behalf before God because you couldn't go. He'd go inside that temple and one day a year go inside the Holy of Holies. But you know what? When Jesus came that curtain split when He was on Calvary. That veil that separated the Holy of Holies from mankind and the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world when He died and rose from the dead He gave believers access once again to God. Humanity would never have to go through a priest again but instead could come boldly to the throne of grace. Aren't you glad? Do you understand, church, today that we are the temple of God? You are the temple of God. It's not about buildings, it's about people. When you trust Jesus and you choose to follow Him, you have the Spirit of God and He comes to indwell you. And thus you become the temple of God. And just as nothing unholy was allowed into the temple in the days of the Scripture, Nothing unholy should be allowed into our lives either. Are you pure? You go, nobody's pure, Kevin. Come on, man. I mean, nobody's perfect. I get that. And I've said this a hundred times from this pulpit, but we don't even try anymore. We don't even try anymore. Looking at garbage on your phone, garbage on the TV listening to garbage coming through those earbuds would you would you stick that earbud in beside of jesus would you Would you young lady stick that earbud in jesus ear? Would you listen to that ma'am sir? Would you watch that on your couch with jesus sitting on your sofa? We don't even think about that anymore We don't even try anymore to seek first the kingdom of god the scripture says be holy as i am holy No, we build with wood, hay, and straw because it's easy. It's easy to get to. It's lying all around us. And that's what everybody else does. We don't want to dig. We don't want to work. And Jesus has holes in his wrists and feet. Think of what he did so that we might be born again and delivered from our sin. And Paul has been describing how the Holy Spirit gives us the grace to live this life above sin, not in it. See it again, end of verse 17. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Are you seeking holiness? Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness is that you today I was thinking about that wonderful new song we're singing graves in the gardens he's the only one who can if, if, if you're trying to live the Christian life in your strength you'll fail I was thinking about standing back there singing the goodness of God. You remember that line in the goodness of God? With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you, what's the word? With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you, you know it, everything. That's what it means to build with gold silver and precious stones you give Jesus everything it's called surrender it's true one day every believer is going to stand before Jesus and we're going to receive our rewards and this is called the judgment seat of Christ eventually we're going to get to 2 Corinthians 5:10 but I want you to see it now so you'll get this. 2 Corinthians 5.10, watch this. For we must all, all, all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now listen, this is for the Christian. The non-Christian is going to appear before the great white throne judgment. And they're going to be rewarded for their works too. But their works will be used against them to damn them to hell. Because they have refused to accept Jesus and what He did is a substitutionary payment on the cross. And so so they will be judged on their works. And nobody can work their way to God. Our works are as filthy rags so they will die and go to hell. But for those Christians we will stand one day not before the great white throne judgment, but before the Bema seat judgment. So here it is, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due like a paycheck for what he has done in the body. Whether it's good or evil, And church that's speaking of where the fire will be lit. The Greek word there in verse 10 for those two English words "judgment seat" is one Greek word, and it's bema, b-e-m-a, bema, and it literally describes a raised platform. It's actually what I'm standing on. You could call this a bema. You've seen it, the bema at the Olympics, right? Who stands on the highest bema? The, the what medalist? The gold. And then the silver, and then the bronze, a little bit lower. It's like a judge. It's like a courtroom. See this picture? See, the judge is up there on the bema. See him? He's on that race platform, and that's where the judge renders the verdict. And one day Jesus will be at the Bema, and we'll, we'll be, well, we won't be like that guy standing there in that orange jumpsuit. You understand? See, I bet he's a bit nervous. See, when we come before the Bema one day, we don't have to be nervous. See, we're not standing there to determine whether or not we're going to go to heaven or not. We're already there. This is all about rewards. This is all about an examination of our works. An examination to determine our rewards. A place where the fire will be lit. Church family, you want to know something? As wonderful as getting a diploma at graduation 34 years ago in Millers Creek at West High School, or as wonderful as it is to get a, a paycheck direct deposited in my bank account every two weeks, isn't heaven going to be worth so much more than that? And the reason it is is because of who's going to be there. Have you tried to think about what it's going to be like to appear before Jesus one day? You know, he's going, we're going to receive crowns. And I thought about going through the five different crowns the Scripture decri- describes, and I thought, now I've already done that. I, I did that several months ago. And I just wanted us to imagine for a moment. You remember that song Mercy Me came out with? I can only imagine. You remember that song? what it'll be like. Imagine standing before Jesus. We'll offer our crowns back to Him as the book of Revelation describes in verse 4. But then there'll be that moment where I believe that I will be on my face and then He'll pick me up. This is the part that gets me. And I will be standing this close to Jesus looking into his eyes (laughs) and then there will be no coronavirus in heaven so there's no social distancing (laughs) so I will get to hug him and to feel his face on my face And to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I think of the song, Goodness of God. (laughs) Some of y'all get tired of hearing me sing. My wife says, why do you have to sing every time? I don't know. I like to sing. All my life, now we're in heaven. I found you were faithful. All my life I found you were so, so good. And now, forever, forever, with every breath <laughs> that I'm able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Rewards. Would you think about heaven this week? Would you think about storing up for yourself treasures there where moths and rust don't destroy and thieves won't break in and steal? Would you think about spending a moment pondering what it would be like and what it will be like to stand in front of Jesus? And I do not want to be there empty handed. He's worthy to live for the rewards of following Jesus. Thank you for joining us for today's message. Find us at www.mpbc.church and on Facebook at facebook.com mpbcnc. Have a great day and we hope you'll join us again next week.